Shema Yisrael. Welcome to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries with Aaron Budgen. Aaron discovered Jesus is his Messiah while preparing to be a rabbi. He now teaches for several organizations and is the teaching pastor for Living God Ministries. Strongly distinguishing between the Old and New Covenants, Aaron presents the scriptures from a Judaic and historical frame of reference. Join Aaron now as he reveals the reality foreshadowed and the new life we can now experience because of what the Lord Jesus accomplished for us. You know, when it comes to the Christian life, there are a lot of people who live to be blessed. That's what they're about. That's what they believe in, and that's what they live for. They live to be blessed. They want to be blessed by God. Now, in order to be blessed by God, they believe that they have to do something. They have to do something. They have to obey God. They have to get some of the sin out of their lives. Now, why do I say this? Because if you ask most religious leaders in Christianity today, if you ask them why you are not being blessed by God, they will normally say the reason why is because you need to get sin out of your life. That's where I get this from, because it is said in many different ways. Some of the ways are subtle, and other ways are very direct. But my point is to say that people live for blessings. They really do. They live to be blessed by God, that that is their focus in life. And because they live to be blessed, they eventually find themselves living a life with the hope that they will be blessed in return for the life that they are living. That is the expectation that people have. They really believe that because of their works, they will be blessed. Now, of course, you have to be careful with that today, because if I was to go and ask people, do you believe you will be blessed by God because of your works? I have found when I ask people that question, they say, no, I don't believe that. I don't believe that I will be blessed because of my works. I have found that people do say that. They really do respond to that question. I have asked a lot of people this question, that's why I'm saying this, that they do respond to that question saying that they are not going to be blessed because of their works, because that's what the scriptures say, it's very clear. But the way that they really live is totally different. It's not that they don't acknowledge the truth. It's that they acknowledge a lot of things that are not true as well. And you may wonder, how is that possible? How could people believe two things that are totally opposed to one another? It's easy. When they are confronted with a question like that, they will acknowledge the truth. But, you know, give them a few hours, they'll forget about that question, and they'll continue to live on the basis of a lie. That's what happens. People will live with both beliefs simultaneously, but... When it comes to actually making decisions about how they are really going to live their life, they can only choose one or the other. So when they are confronted with a question like that, they will give the right answer. But when people aren't looking, they're going to live trying to be blessed by God by their obedience to the commandments, by their obedience to the law, by their repentance from their sin, by doing good works for God, by doing things they expect that they will be blessed in return. But the scriptures testify to us that the blessings that our God has for us have already been given to us in Christ Jesus. And the summary of these blessings are, of course, himself. He has given himself to us. 
that it's not about getting one of his cows. It's actually about getting him, not his gold that he uses to pave his roads with in heaven. It is about getting him. And the value of his love and his acceptance is above and beyond anything that we could possibly receive here on earth. In Romans chapter 4, beginning in verse 6, it says, Just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. Is this blessing then on the circumcised or on the uncircumcised also? For we say, faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it credited? While he was circumcised or uncircumcised? Not while circumcised, but while uncircumcised. And he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while uncircumcised, so that he might be the father of all who believe without being circumcised. The righteousness might be credited to them and the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcised, but who also follow in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham, which he had while uncircumcised. For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. All right, now this idea of being the heir of the world is a foreshadowing of being the heir of God, of being the one who receives an inheritance in Christ Jesus. Now, this is where the decision has to be made in everybody's life. You have to make this decision. What kind of an inheritance do you really want from your God? Because you can only have one of two options. The first inheritance is that which was described by the law. That inheritance is an inheritance of land. It is an inheritance of plenty of flour in your kneading bowl. It is an inheritance of cows. It is an inheritance of things that your flesh will be able to enjoy. But there is another inheritance, and that is an inheritance that is offered separate from the law, that has no relationship to the law, and that is an inheritance of heaven. It is an inheritance that has been granted to us as a result of the death of God and the will of God that was defined as an inheritance that we would receive as a result of his death. Now, I have done some programs on the subject of the will of God and our inheritance, our identity in Christ and our inheritance, and I would like to refer you to those programs. I'm not going to try to duplicate that content in this program, which is a part of a verse-by-verse study on the book of Romans. What I would like to do here is tell you that there is a difference between the inheritances and that you have to choose one or the other, that you can't have both. Now, if you decide to choose the inheritance of the flesh, I've got some bad news for you, and that is that you're not going to get it. Even if you want to pursue it, there is no way that you are going to get the blessings of the flesh. There is no way that you are going to get the blessings that were defined by the law. It's not going to happen 
because there is a condition attached to that. And that condition is that you have to be fully obedient to all of the commandments. And folks, he is not going to give you a partial blessing for partial obedience. He's not going to do that. You're going to have to do it all because doing some of it is not going to be all of it. It's not going to be adequate. That's the point. That's the issue. And during the time when this letter was written, the people were struggling with this. They were still pursuing a life under the law. And he's asking, why? For what reason? Why are you focusing on yourself? Why are you focusing on your obedience, your repentance? Why are you consumed with the subject of sin when you're never going to be able to obtain the blessings or the inheritance that is offered through your repentance and obedience, why continue to do it? There is no reason to continue to do it, because there is nothing there. There is nothing there. Pursue something else. Pursue the inheritance that has been offered to you freely because of what he has done on your behalf. Now, it's easy to wonder, well, does that mean that we should just go ahead and indulge our flesh in sin? No, it doesn't mean that at all. Listen, if you will receive the inheritance that he's offering, if you will receive that, you will find that what he has to offer fulfills you in such a way that you will find it trivial to say no to sin because the temptations will dissipate. The temptations will go away. Listen, the inheritance is your God. The inheritance is his love for you. It is his acceptance for you. And if you will embrace, receive, and live, and trust in him being with you, and trust and rest in his love for you, if you will do that, then the temptations of sin will go away because, you know, the real temptations of sin have to do with the fact that if you will engage in sin, you will be loved, you will be accepted. That's the temptation. So be accepted by your God and be loved by your God. He has now made that available to you in the inheritance that he is offering to you through the new covenant. Receive that and you will say no to the temptations of sin. But that's not really the objective. The objective is actually for you to know your God. This is nothing more than a side effect of that. I want you to consider and focus on the importance of recognizing that this is about you knowing your God, you having a relationship with him where he can reveal himself to you. He cannot reveal himself to you when you are living a life under the law. He can only do this when you are living a life under the new covenant. This is why the Apostle Paul spends so much time talking about this in his letter to the Romans. He does because this is a barrier that must be taken away. It must be taken away for you to move forward and experience what I'm talking about. It's necessary for this to take place. So he's telling the people, listen, Abraham had a relationship with God before the law. He had a relationship with God without the law, the law of circumcision. He did not have a relationship with his God because he was circumcised. That was not the case. And so why would you suggest that others have to be circumcised to have a relationship with their God? Why would you suggest that a person has to be circumcised in order to be blessed by their God? Abraham didn't have that. 
He didn't have that issue. And so why would you think it would be any different today? It isn't. It is no different today. The Apostle Paul tries to direct the people to the faith of Abraham, not to the law, because the law has no faith. There is no faith there. There is only death. There is nothing there but death. And the reason why is because you cannot obey. You will never be able to do that. The promises of God are not given to us because of our obedience. They are given to us because we believe his promise. Now, what was the real promise? The promise to Abraham was that through him, all of the families on the earth would be blessed. You know, this promise was fulfilled. It was fulfilled because the blessing, the fulfillment of the promise, was the Messiah. The Apostle Paul explains this in his letter to the Galatians. But what I want you to understand is that the promise, the promise to Abraham and to his descendants, was that they would be an heir, but that they would not be an heir because of the law. They would be an heir because they believe their God. In verse 13, Romans chapter 4, verse 13, it says, For the promise to Abraham or to his descendants that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. Why? Because if it is through the law, then it is because they earned it. It is because he owes them. It is payment for debt. If that's the case, then it is no longer truly an inheritance. It is a delivery of what he owes you. It is not a free gift. It is not something that he is giving as a result of his death when he came to live here as the Lord Jesus. That's the point. That's what you're going to be missing if you try to pursue the law. If you try to pursue the law, you're going to miss this. You're going to miss out on this. You must embrace the inheritance that he has for you, because if you don't, then you will not walk in the newness of life. In verse 15, Romans chapter 4, verse 15, it is written, For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there also is no violation. For this reason it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Now, when he says those who are of the law, he's talking about the Jews. When he's talking about those who are of the faith of Abraham, he's saying that the Gentiles can actually have a relationship with the living God, as Abraham did, even though they didn't have the law. So this is the issue. Do you want God to owe you something that he's never going to have to really deliver because you're never going to earn it? Is that what you want? You need to see that there's nothing there. There's absolutely nothing there. Because by the works of the law, you will obtain nothing. There is nothing available. There is something else, and that is his graciousness. His graciousness, what he gives graciously, what he gives freely, what he delivers as an inheritance because you are his child. Now, of course, you're not going to be his child until you are born again. That's the message of the gospel. Be born again. 
Be a child of God. You are then the recipient of all that he has because you share in his inheritance, the inheritance that is available to you in Christ. So here's the deal, folks. You've got one of two options here. One of two options. And that is that after you hear the message of the gospel, you can go ahead and go into a life of repentance and obedience, trying to be right with God. You can do that. And I have to say that, in my opinion, the vast majority of people in Christianity today are pursuing that. And I'm explaining that to you because I don't think people really want to admit it. I I just don't think so. I don't think that people really want to admit that that is what people are really doing. It is so obvious. It is so clear that that is how people live. And I've given you a number of indicators that you can use in order to see that that's how people are living. But there is a completely different way of life. Receive the gospel. Be resurrected and then live on the basis of what he has given to you. What does that look like? What does that mean? What that means is, is that you need to live a life discovering the implications of what he has done. You need to live a life discovering what you have in Christ. And you need to make your decisions on the basis of what you have. Now, what would that look like? How about discovering the implications of forgiveness? You've got to start somewhere. Start there. If you have been forgiven, then today you can live a life of thankfulness. You can be thankful. You can be thankful that he doesn't hold your sins against you anymore, as is described in the beginning of Romans chapter 4. In verse 7, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven and whose sins have been covered. Now, you probably know a number of people who don't really believe that. And what is their life like? Their life is like this. They are consumed with trying to be sure that they obtain forgiveness from God. They are consumed with that. They are consumed with making sure that they confess their sins, that they ask for forgiveness that they do whatever is necessary in order to demonstrate to God that they recognize their need for forgiveness and they are continually pursuing that on a daily basis. Now, let me ask you something. Do they know what it is to be accepted by God? No, they don't know what that is. They do not have the acceptance of God because God is continually disgusted with them because they just aren't getting it right. So if they are not accepted by their God, they're going to have to seek acceptance somewhere, aren't they? They do. They do have to do that because they have a need to be accepted. And since they're not being accepted by their God, they're going to have to go into the world to seek acceptance there. But you, on the other hand, you don't have to do that because you know that your God accepts you. And you know that you do not have to ask him for forgiveness because you know that he has already forgiven you. Now, what are the implications of that? You're not going to be making decisions in your life because you want to be accepted. You are going to be able to walk in your life, to live your life, being thankful for the acceptance that you have. You will be able to say no to sin, but you will be set free. You will be set free to live in a different way. You can now engage the world with the acceptance that you have. You can have relationships with other people knowing that you are fully accepted by your God. It sets you free to relate to them in a different way. You don't need their acceptance at all. 
you can give to them the acceptance that you have received from your God. You can be at peace with individuals in this way. You can live your life with what you have, and this is a part of the inheritance that you have received. This is a very serious matter. This is a discovery of the implications. The implication is is that you can live your life in peace. You can do that. You can do that today, and you can do that tomorrow. You can live in peace. How many decisions do we make because we want to be accepted? We make a lot of decisions. We often make decisions about where we are going to live, what kind of a house we are going to get, what form of transportation we are going to use or acquire, how hard we are going to work in order to obtain the resources and money that we can use in order to obtain other things so that other people may look at us differently, so that we may enter into a higher level of stature in society. Why? So that we can be a part of other people who are in that higher stature of society, so that we can be accepted by them. Listen, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these things inherently. What I am saying is that if you want to live a life of peace and rest in your own heart, if you want to experience that, you're going to have to be set free from the burdens of the law in order to enter into this. This is the implications. You must be set free from the law in order to enter into what I'm talking about. There is a different way of life that has nothing to do with the law. Now, you may be wondering, well, what does that mean to me? I mean, what does that really mean? How can you spend so much time talking about the law when I don't believe that I live by the law? I don't believe that. I don't believe that my Christian life is about repentance and obedience. I don't really see it that way. But you know what? For most people, it is that way, even though they don't see it. Even though they don't see it, it is that way. Consider what happens when you walk into the average general church. How do people relate to each other? How do you relate to the people who are there, and how do those people who are there relate to you? Just watch what happens in most of these congregations. If you're not a part of a congregation, go and visit one and watch what happens. And you will see that people are looking at each other. They are studying each other. They are examining each other. They are questioning each other. They're asking people questions like, How are you doing? You haven't been sinning lately, have you? Now, they certainly won't ask that directly, but they will be waiting. They'll be waiting for any opportunity to ask you that question in a subtler way. They're asking you, How was your week? How was your experience at work? Are you having any inappropriate relationships with anyone by chance? That's what people do. What is the core message that is going to be delivered to you by the people in leadership? It's going to be something that sounds like you ought to be doing these kinds of things. You should be doing those kinds of things. Make sure you don't do these other things. When people speak about these things in this context, that's what they're talking about. How about when people look at each other and they validate each other and say, you see, isn't this great? We have an opportunity to get together. We can visit together. We can talk about Christian things, godly things. We can study the Bible a little bit together. And did you notice that we're the only ones in this local area who are here? And yet this local area is 
filled. There are many people in this local area who are not here. They're not in church like we are, and so they are not as holy and righteous as we are. That's the imposition of a law. That is the establishment and the creation of a law. The law is that thou must be in church. The law is that thou must listen to this pastor. The law is that thou must tithe. The law is that thou must ask for forgiveness. The law is that if you want to be blessed, you are going to have to be more obedient to God. You are going to have to repent from your sins. But in Romans chapter 4, it is clear that if you want to be blessed, blessed are those whose lawless deeds have been forgiven. In verse 7, whose lawless deeds have already been forgiven. But these people don't understand that. They won't embrace that because they are still talking about their sins. They're still relating to each other and relating to their God on the basis of these sins. But there is a completely different way of life that is independent of this. And so when I spend so much time talking about the law and using the word the law, you may think that the law has no place in your life. You may think that you are not affected by the law. But the fact is that everyone is. Even myself, I find myself on occasion wrestling with issues concerning the law, wrestling with the issues of am I doing enough for God or am I not doing enough for God, as soon as I start thinking that way, I forget that he doesn't relate to me that way, that I live on the basis of what he has already given to me, that I live in the inheritance that I have in Christ. So don't be confused or distracted by my continual reference to the law, because it truly is everywhere. And it is an important struggle for us to experience so that we can fully appreciate the blessings that we have in forgiveness and the new life in the new covenant. You have been listening to the broadcast outreach of Living God Ministries. You can hear all of our programs for free through our radio archive at livinggodministries.net. That is, livinggodministries.net. Do help us develop new radio programs and continue broadcasting on this and other radio stations. Send your contributions to Living God Ministries, P.O. Box 383-53, Colorado Springs, Colorado. 80937 or use the donation link on our website livinggodministries.net that is livinggodministries.net Thank you,